Welcome back. My name is Kit. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, where we talk about TV shows and movies. As most of you know, if you didn't know, welcome. Today we've got a very special episode. One of our patron-demanded movies, mandated, they get to pay to make us make a whole episode about a movie. And Giancarlo chose... episode. Yeah. A palindrome movie, Steve. Did you know what a palindrome is? I do, but for, you know, the less educated people in the back, why don't you tell them? The dummies. I know, though. (laughs) Yeah. It's a word that is spelled the same way forwards as backwards, which is Mm. very thematically appropriate for Tenet, a movie that came out in 2020. Our old host, Andy's number 10 favorite movie of that year. (laughs) Famously... A movie he Famously, did not like. A movie that he, a movie he dragged for an entire episode, and then was like, mm, "Number ten favorite movie of the year." <laughs> he took my number ten and then shat on it for the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. So, what we do on the show, we'll we'll go through our overall thoughts, our history with the film, um, what it was like watching it this time, and then a scene by scene, play by play recap, which in this case. Might be difficult and nonsensical, but I think I got a pretty good handle on it, Steve. I think do I do. You? I have not seen it since we saw it together back in 2020. So I was actually excited to revisit it. Thank you to Giancarlo for suggesting it. Uh, I've been meaning to for a long time because this is one of those movies, which is true for many of Nolan's, where people claim kind of frustratingly, if you didn't like it, you need to watch it three more times because you didn't get it, you know? Uh, and I was like, kind of, you know, kind of suspicious. It's very skeptical, but I thought, okay, I'll grant you, I'll watch it again. And I never did. So it was time. <laughs> it was time. You can it is time. Go to streamingthingspod.com to check out. I mean, we do a wide variety of stuff and we've got a huge slate for 2024. You can check out all the other stuff that we've done there. Please rate and review the show wherever you're listening to this. Uh, check out the YouTube for video versions, video version on Spotify as well. And you can uh, become one of our fiends, our stream fiends at patreon.com slash streaming things. Join our thriving Discord community. Uh, a lot of people have a great time in there. I can attest to that. They're having a really good time in there. They're they're monsters, right? They really are fiends, and I love every one of them. Uh, but yeah, Steve, I'm curious. Uh, have you seen Tenet since we watched it together? What was it like watching it this time? I'm dying to know. Well, no, I have not seen Tenet fully since we originally watched it all those years ago. So I was excited to go back and see it because this is a movie I've often told people, um, you know, I feel like this was Nolan's revenge on everyone who said that Inception was too hard to follow. He was like, oh, you think Inception's too hard to follow? Fuck off. Get ready. Buckle up, baby. Because this movie is like hilariously obtuse, like it goes out of its way to be hard to follow. And it's, I kind of respect it for that in a way, but it also like frustrates the hell out of me. Um, the, 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 this movie is, I don't really care for this movie that much, um, honestly, because this movie is just everything. Like I like Nolan's films in general. I, I respect the hell out of the guy. I think he's a really great, uh, director and auteur. And I love the way, He's able to like look at a subject and try to expand on it and go deep on it. And he's he, his movies are always like they make you think and they're very fun to digest typically. But and he does certain things that do annoy me at times. And I think every little thing that he does that I find annoying is like distilled and 
in its most pure and raw form in this movie. <laughs> so whenever I watch it, I'm like, ah, oh, I really like the premise. I really like the actors. I really like the idea. But God damn, do I hate so much of what's happening right now. <laughs> Uh, specifically like this movie is the worst of the Nolan films where it's like the walk and talk exposition where it's just two characters walking and they're like, what do you mean entropy? And then it cuts to now they're like in another building. Well, entropy is this thing. And then it cuts to another part of the building. What do you mean entropy is that thing? It's like picking up and like the conversation wouldn't break up the mm-hmm. way it is, even though they've traveled a quarter of a mile across the city by the way they've been walking. I uh, like that. kind, of, And it, it happens like six times in this movie. <laughs> the funniest, most egregious version of that i think is uh in the shipping container going back to oslo when they're trying to save Catherine, and Mm -hmm. it's it's the protagonist and neil have three dense conversations of exposition between naps like (laughs) it just keeps quick cutting with one of them waking up you know and you should go to sleep no but first we should talk about time travel and it's Far reaching implications, you know. We didn't hammer this out the last time we talked. I thought of something else to bring up. It's literally what he says. I've been awake thinking, so we can continue the exposition. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I mean the, the the action scenes are incredible. Like the way they're able to block and choreograph things going. Some one character in the action scene going back in time, while the other one's going forward in time. It's very impressive. And really well done. And just like every piece of action in the movie is incredible. It's just from a story perspective, it's it's kind of obnoxious. The the, the only like um, critique I have in terms of action is the very last uh, action scene when they're doing that sort of, uh, what do they call it? P- uh, the time pincer move. But they're like... Temporal uh, invading pincer move. That, yes, tentor- temporal pincer move uh, where they're invading that uh, abandoned town. And... It, it makes me laugh because you don't see who the, you don't really see who they're fighting ever. So it just looks like a bunch of good guys like ah, just running around and just shooting at stuff and things are exploding around them. But you're like, who are they fighting? <laughs> like, what? Where are these rockets coming from? And so it, and so it could be confusing. Um, I can see where someone could be like, are they fighting themselves? Because you only see the red, the red bands and the blue bands coming together. Like, I know that's not what's happening, but it is a really weird like. Where are the villains in this? It feels very sterile in that way. Um, that is kind of odd, but we'll get to that point. I do think the movie overall is ambitious. I think it deserves respect. Uh, however, I don't think it's a home run, in my opinion. And when if I rank t- uh, Nolan films, this one's like near the bottom for me, just because it just it's a little bit of a it's a frustration for me because I can see I see the gold in it. But I don't think it's fully, fully realized in, in the end product. What about you, Kev? I think I agree with it. I think we're on the same page, unfortunately. Um, not that I don't like being on your page. I just meant that it's more fun, <laughs> it's more fun when like, oh, I love this movie. I, uh, I really respect the fuck out of this movie. I do. Uh, I liked it more, I think, this time, but not significantly. And maybe I'm a couple of watches away from loving this movie because I want to be one of those cool guys. This is a this is one of those films like Speed Racer, the Wachowskis Speed Racer, that people are like, you, this is great, this is gold, you know. I I just don't think it's just such a fabulous idea. Uh, he swung for the fences, and he missed. You know what I mean? He missed. Mm-hmm. It's an out. 
No points were scored. <laughs> it's a foul ball. If I want to keep the baseball metaphor going. Um, I don't even think Nolan thinks this movie makes sense, which frankly just pisses me off. Uh, the movie. Why I do think, you say that? I think he said in an interview a few weeks ago that you're not supposed to get it. Uh which just oh. infuriates me. And the movie says yeah. the movie says that early on. I forget there's some dialogue somewhere that says uh, when she's teaching him the the inverted bullet, that character says it's not something you understand. It's something you feel. And uh, the protagonist is like, oh, OK, instinct. <laughs> and I really feel like that was kind of a meta analysis of the film itself and that that pisses me off it's like you're not supposed to because bitch you don't get it that's why you know what i mean like it's not it's not perfect i think interstellar has almost equally a big idea that under scrutiny holds up you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um we didn't talk about it on the show, but I, I saw you mentioning it in the Discord. You know, they've they've used that movie for for studies of black holes, and you know, Nolan is famous for his his detail and research. You know, and that's exhibited in, in Oppenheimer. You know, The Prestige uh, has fantastically big ideas. Uh, that movie was taught to me in a philosophy course that was had nothing to do with film. You know, it's just the the professors were just enamored with the idea of dualism and uh, what makes a what what constitutes a human being. You know, nature, the nature of self, uh, philosophically, all of that was explored in that movie. And they, you know, and so anyway, I just don't think that's the case with Tenet. I don't think it holds up under an ounce of scrutiny. So when you get to the end, the big reveals, you know. Um, Catherine being on the boat and the fact that she saw herself as a free person, you know, there's that line about how she's jealous of her, you know, what we find out is herself. I was jealous of the woman, not because she was with my husband, because she was free. And like, that's cool. But you Mm -hmm. you see it coming a mile away. Um, But everything else, like the protagonists were, we're, we are actually working for me, bro. Like none of that (laughs) feels like a payoff. It feels like a, okay. Um, I don't know. I, For me. I also, I also kind of find it eye rolly that the the main character is called the protagonist in the script, and then at the end of the movie, he's like, "I'm the protagonist <laughs> of this story," and it's like, yeah. "Okay, college film student from <laughs> 20 years ago, cool, glad you got that in." It would be fine if he didn't say that. Um, yeah, twice. I'm the protagonist. There are lots yeah. of protagonists. This is an ensemble picture. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen Ocean's Eleven? Yes, I have. It was very difficult to to pick a protagonist. You share top billing with several people. There's George Clooney. There's Matt Damon. Fuck, there's uh, Andy Garcia. <laughs> Fuck. And I, I disagree with you that the action is well executed. I guess if I put it on my laptop instead of my TV and I like scrubbed it backwards, maybe there's like this mind blowing reveal that the choreography was insane and it's actually perfect backwards movements. I've I never, I've never done that, but all I can be is honest about my experience in the moment is that it's goofy as shit and not, <laughs> not tense at all. I like the car chase stuff, but the rest of it, especially the hand to hand, I get nothing from it because the sound design, I assume, mm. is meant to reflect 
like the Foley work is meant to reflect that the fact that they're going backwards. And so there's no like Mm -hmm. impact noises to punches or anything. Um, And it just seems like you ever see one of those videos where they take the music out of a scene and all you hear is like the squeaking of their shoes on the floor (laughs) and it's goofy. Yeah. The the Spider-Man three dance scene. That's what it's, that's what it's like watching this movie. It's just one of those like squeaky (laughs) floor videos. uh, That's kind of silly. There's no, it's just people like, Ooh, Especially that grand scene at the end that you were talking about. I don't know who they're fighting. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I, I realized on my second watch, you know, that like on a macro scale, what's happening? Like Neil was going backwards in time, then switched it to going forwards to go help them, or vice versa. I get all that. Sure, uh, there's no tension in it though. I don't understand. Uh, a lot about what's going on. And again, I don't think Nolan does either. Like the um, Seder, Andre Seder, right? Are we mm-hmm. supposed to believe that the version of Seder we see die at the end is the most recent Seder? The, like he went back in time to live in that moment on the boat and in the world there in one of his memories, right? Or in his past. Okay. Mm-hmm. So where's the other Seder? Well, the, the Seder that was there the first time, I think you're supposed to believe, like, went off and did everything he did leading up to the end of the movie. Oh, the one that was there the first time was in the, the Ukraine trying to steal the thing still from the opera house, right? Yeah, so he would be on that boat, go to Ukraine and try to steal all that stuff. And then the Seder at the end of the movie is the one, like, after everything that's happened is coming back. He's the most recent Seder. Sure. Um, so he, so he's gone back to that beautiful moment in time to kill himself because that was like the last time he felt happy or something. Yeah, but when you kill someone who has control over a turnstile, doesn't he still have the ability to win? Or no? Because at the end, Neil's like, "What's happened's happened. It's more than yeah. It's, it's more than a, an expression. It's it's faith in the mechanics of the universe." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where like a lot of people, if you. This isn't a movie that implies that time travel gives people the the chance to go back and change things. Because time travel exists, even if you went back and changed things, that always, quote unquote, always happens. So it's it's more leaning towards the side of like, I think you know, what happens happens. Like it was always meant to happen. It was always meant to be this way, no matter, even if there was time travel in, involved. I think much like another movie we're going to talk about this week, Kung Pao, this would be a lot better. <laughs> Kung Pao into the you're fist. Comparing Tenet with Kung Pao. <laughs> I think, yeah, Tenet and Kung Pao would both benefit from being really high. You know. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sober, I so I agree. I do think you, you're a little more astute with this kind of stuff. I'm positive that the sound design is atrocious in this movie. I remember it, it, it was a big thing when it first came out that you couldn't hear any of the dialogue. I forget what Nolan's retort to that was. There was some, sometimes theaters, when when movie theaters receive a movie, they're instructed by the studio on what sound level to put each movie on. Like this should be a seven, this should be a five. And sometimes they can fuck that up and ruin your experience. Yeah, sometimes they don't do it. That is not the case with this because I've only ever seen it at home. And I have a pretty nice sound system and I had it cranked up. Uh, and I, there was the first hour of the movie. You can't fucking hear anybody talk. And it's one of those cases where if you blast it so you can hear the dialogue, 
the next scene is a Ludwig Gorenson score or an explosion Blah. that knocks your panties off. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm like, what is this guy thinking? Maybe he was like, the dialogue doesn't fucking matter, guys. I was just making shit up. Just enjoy the experience. Look, they're going backwards. That's honestly, that's probably, I could see him saying that. Like uh, the audio of the movie, the dialogue of the movie is not what matters. It's the feeling that matters. And it's like, but I need to hear to get the feeling, my man. But what's like, funny is even if he feels oh. that way, it's five hours of exposition crammed into a two and a half hour movie. Uh, yeah. Like there is no spare line of feeling or character in this movie. It's all like, we need them to kind of understand. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to have a base understanding of what's happening in the next. And that's one of the things that kind of also, I, I know we're like shitting on this movie, but I don't, I really don't hate it. I just find it frustrating. Cause I, again, I can see like really, I can see the genius there. It's just being held back by like some dumb decisions in my opinion. And, and one of the things is like, this is a very complex idea. The idea of, you know, not only are you going forward in time, but there's some entity in the future that's reversing things, entropy that allows it to exist backwards. And so how do those two people on those different paths in- coincide? It's a very interesting idea, very heavy. You do have to have, I think, exposition to explain that to people. But while they're trying to explain this very complicated, very hard to understand concept, they're also like, but let's also explain to you how we're going to break into this bank. <laughs> in a very convoluted way. And it's like, okay, that's the bank's fun, but also like, I don't really need, like I feel like that's adding hats on hats on hats and making things like, it's hard to see the forest through the trees when you're trying to also understand the many different levels of the heist, like what they're doing to get into places. Right. Yeah. It's a lot. And and again, I I think there are some moments of like, Oh, cool. You know, like when he slides, when he gets sucked into the door and you realize that's what had happened earlier and that it's him, you know, that he was fighting. It's like, Ooh, that's neat. And you saw that Neil (laughs) saw his face and let him go because he understands more about this thing. And that's all like a neat reveal. But again, I don't think it holds up under any scrutiny. Like if you start to really break that scene down. Okay. So he had shot at himself. Like when you see the forward version of the past, if that makes any sense, it's hard to even fucking talk about this movie. And he's shooting at his own head into the glass. At that point, he knows it's him. Why is he shooting? Is it an accident? Was he getting excited and squeezing the trigger because he was fighting? I don't know. Because what happened happened. It always happened. <laughs> and when he starts bleeding out of his arm, as he gets close to the temporal moment in time, even though he hadn't been stabbed yet, or maybe he had because it's backwards. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's like hard said, to wrap your head around. I wish I was high. Um, yeah. But also this time around, this is the last negative thing I'll say for a while. Um, I was, <laughs> because Start the clock. It's Ludwig Gornson's score. He's about to win an Oscar for Oppenheimer, most likely. He's incredible. And it's Hoyt Van Hoytema, I think, doing the cinematography. And he's incredible. Many times Oscar nominated. Um, I thought th- the color grading was hideous this time. Was I wrong? Yeah. Am I wrong? It looks like the Avengers 2012. Like it's got this like light blue gray thing the entire time. Yeah. I know. I couldn't tell if, cause so I watched it on, um, uh, shoot. What streaming service did I see this on? I thought there was a problem with the stream I was on because I was kind of like, this looks like super overly contrasted and really blue. It it looked, it looked odd, but I think that's just how the movie is. Yeah. Cause I watched a, 
apparently I owned it digitally. I don't know when I did that, but uh, <laughs> anyway. You just wake up every day and you have new additions to your collection. <laughs> You're like, Ugh. Why did I buy this? Uh, but yeah, incredible cast. I mean, Robert Pattinson, big fan. Uh, John David Washington, big fan. Um, of course, uh, Kenneth Kenneth Branagh, Elizabeth Dubicki. One thing I really love about this movie, and I think I wish they would have leaned into it more. A lot of people compare this movie to Christopher Nolan trying to make a uh, James Bond film, um, but with some weird heavy sci-fi thrown in. But I think John David Washington is a really good like protagonist for a spy thriller because uh, he might be the funniest um, not only is he the funniest, I think Nolan protagonist in a movie, like he's just, he's throwing out quips that are really funny, but he does it in this really suave, but like you don't, you're not necessarily laughing at his quips, but you're, you're like, damn, he's fucking throwing shade at Seder to his face when he's like, Hey, have you slept with my wife? Not he's yet. Like, no, not yet. <laughs> like, damn, dude. Like, I love that shit. And I, so I would love to see him. I, like if no one decides to be like, okay, let's let's keep doing Tenet, but you know, forget all the time stuff. Let's just have John David Washington doing really cool spy shit and just being a just a total G. I love him so much. And then also like Robert Pattinson. I want to see him in more movies in general because I like Robert Pattinson a lot. But like this is a fun role for him as well. Just kind of this cheeky, like, I know more than I'm letting on. <laughs> like, Why is he a Frenchman? I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm dressing like Christopher Nolan. He does play that French guy in The King, the movie with Timothée Chalamet. <laughs> yeah, um, you know I agree. I agree that he would he would carry a spy film, um, but you can't ask Christopher Nolan to forget about the time stuff. He will he will never do that. He's incapable. No, even if he had a movie that had nothing to do with time, he would edit it in a way where it made time all about it. What if we just like stop it? What if we did this inside out? What are you talking about? What does that even mean? I also forgot. Hey, it's not supposed to make sense. Aaron Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson was in this, a guy that I love. He just pops up. It's like temporal pincer movement. Oh, yeah. He's uh, Ives, right? Yeah. Sorry, I was just doing yeah. crunches. <laughs> Sorry. By the way, every time the protagonist is on a boat, he's going to do pull-ups. Did you notice so that? Cool. Yep. They're both boat. What else are you going to do on a boat? <laughs> I'm on, just scream. I'm on a boat. That's what I would do. I'm on a boat. <laughs> or boats and hoes. Do you think Aaron Taylor Johnson does crunches like in time? Then he goes to that turnstile and does more crunches backwards mm-hmm. and then does the turnstile again. He's like, just got to double the workout, mate. Yeah. The ob- <laughs> it's great. That's how you get the obliques. You go back in time. <laughs> I'm craving the fucking hunter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm craving more oh, abs. That's what I'm craving. Yeah, baby. Anyway, let's uh, stop Kit, offending our British see, fans. So, Kit, do you want to see the? Um, I got a I got a message from the patron who requested this. Giancarlo. Giancarlo. I would love to. They wrote they wrote to me to say why they chose Tenet. Would you like to find out why? Please tell me. Hopefully, it's not to hear Andy again. Because uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan. We tried. We tried. <laughs> Um, they write, Hey Steve, I've been staring at your note from yesterday for the better part of a day now, feeling equal parts gratitude and anxiousness. Gratitude, because I love that you guys do it, what you guys do, and it means a lot that you reached out to ask why I chose this movie, but anxiousness, because how the hell do I concisely answer your question with a movie like Tenet? It is a tall order to fill, Giancarlo. 
Walking out of the theater after watching Tenet was the most bizarre movie-going experience I ever had. Never before had I been so satisfied with watching a movie I didn't remotely understand. It's as if I knew I had just watched something great, but couldn't figure out what made it great. For the uninitiated, parts of the movie felt as though Nolan directed them from behind the camera while pantsless. <laughs> you lost your voice at pantsless. I did. I was like, who, Chris, Christopher Nolan? <laughs> Sir, put on some pants. And with both middle fingers at, up at the entire time. <laughs> That's funny. The movie's deliberately packaged as disassembled pieces of a puzzle that the audience needs to solve, and that's not for everyone. In fact, I don't know of anyone that watched this movie once and actually liked it. You have to imagine it's because the film itself fundamentally requires a temporal pincer maneuver for it to make sense. You literally have to see it once, then go back and rewatch it, knowing everything you know from the first viewing, because watching it once through is only half of the pincer movement uh, maneuver. Sorry, he's saying maneuver. I keep saying movement, and it and when I say pincer movement, it sounds like taking a shit. So <laughs> I'm going, I want to go pincer a loaf. Ooh, this is only half of my pincer movement. It's going to be a minute. <laughs> <laughs> only after subsequent rewatches, several hours of reading articles on entropy and watching YouTube videos, di- YouTube video dissections, do you begin to understand what Nolan is trying to tell the audience? Tenet is less of a movie and more of a high concept intellectual exercise exploring elements of complex theoretical quantum physics and time travel through the eyes of the main character whom he chose to call the protagonist because fuck you. (laughs) I love this note, Giancarlo. This isn't an emotional character study. It's us asking if he can continue to wow us with another unique mind-bending concept and and him simply replying, beer my hold. What? Do what to my hole? Beer my hold. Mm. So it's hold my beer, but backwards. Mm, I get it. Get it. Thank you for, honestly, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what about my hole? Like butt chugging? That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Beer my hole. Love him or hate him, the man is deathly allergic to making the same movie twice. Looking back, it's nothing short of a miracle that he gave us three Dark Knight movies, but I digress. It's been said that the artist who is obsessed with creating perfection is the artist that's the furthest away from attaining it. With Tenet, I don't think Nolan was attempting to continue a string of seemingly perfect masterpieces. We know he's a student of filmmaking who looks at classic movies with a reverence for how they were made. I think he feels that inherent in that is a responsibility to leave the future generation of uh, a varied array of creative experiments for him to study, learn from, and push the bar for what's possible in cinema to new heights. Ultimately, I think Tenet will go down as an important piece of cinema to remind us of the potential of the art form, even if not everything in it worked. And in a medium so devoid of unique ideas, the film is worth experiencing just for the sake of art itself. So if anyone else out there watched Tenet and was left asking who this movie was made for and who gets the message, I think the protagonist provided the best answer, posterity. Thanks again for taking this ride with us and for all you guys do. Giancarlo, thanks for writing that. That was really well, well, well said. What a fantastic message. And this might sound douchey or pretentious, but I actually think I would have liked, remember earlier, I even said before you read that, that I, I feel like this is one of those movies that you have to watch, or at least a lot of people have said, you need to watch it a few times to really appreciate. And that can, yeah. that, that you can say, fuck you to someone, someone who says that. I, that's fair, but also like, I think it's true, but also I think I didn't watch it a second time soon enough to get that effect 
which frustrates me <laughs> because I do not want to watch it again. But I think four years later, having remembered very little of what happened, wasn't like the full second time around experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I got a third watch in my future if I will if I really want to test this thing out for sure, which <laughs> is upsetting. I do think I've said this before, and I'll end with this, and we'll go to the recap. But I really respect this movie. I don't think anyone else could have done it better. I don't think they would have even attempted it. Uh, I think it's miraculous that he was able to achieve what he what he got in in the movie. But I also just have to be honest that it does not work for me. I think Nolan has this reputation for being kind of cold and calculating, I think somewhat unfairly. Like there's not a lot of heat and emotion in his movies sometimes. There's, there's certainly very little sex typically until the Oppenheimer controversy. Um, <laughs> you know, things that people think as irrevocably human are not present in a lot of his movies. But at the same time, there's so much heart in his movies uh, underneath the science uh, look at something like Interstellar. Like I couldn't even talk about it without crying. And yeah. none of that is in Tenet though. Like Tenet is, I think, all of the worst impulses of Christopher Nolan on full display, unfettered. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, that's 100%. I agree with that 100%. With that being said, let's try to get into it. I did understand the act of taking notes was helpful Yeah, and in, in walking through this movie, even though Typically what I do is I have my laptop open just for the listeners at home. And uh, it used to be in years past, most of streaming things history, it was a fucking pen and paper. And it would be these obscure shorthand notes that I couldn't even understand when we went to pod. You guys remember those days? <laughs> but I, I type very quickly. I'm not trying to brag. 130 words a minute, at least. Uh, Damn, boy. And I'm clicking and clacking, watching this movie. And I can't keep up. Because like I'm trying yeah. to leave a note that I know would make sense talking about this movie later, but also I need every bit of my tiny brain power to even watch this movie. And it was very difficult to do both. I had to pause it sometimes to take a note. Mm -hmm. Did you have that experience? Oh, 100%. There was actually a point in the movie where I'm like, I, I, I got it. I'm just going to give up trying to take notes. Like I just can't. And then I put my computer to the side to start like really paying attention. And then within a minute, I'm like, no, I need <laughs> I'm going to forget this shit immediately. It was, so yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was, it was difficult. It, it took me a little over three hours to watch the two and a half hour movie with the notes, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But it was a good experience overall. I, I did. I didn't rate it any higher than last time, but I liked it a little bit more, but it starts out. We are, the film opens very similar to Dark Knight in some kind of way, in, in a way. It's like this heist that you don't know what's going on yet. Uh, it opens out at, at the opera house, some kind of orchestra playing. There's a dude outside tuning a radio, which I now know is satyr's men. The Russians are satyr's men. Um, people bust in shooting guns during the orchestra. Um that one dude really hated that cello. I don't understand why he says wake up the Americans, though. I guess it's the Ukrainian government that has the CIA with them, maybe, uh, is the wake up the yeah. Americans guy. Um, I'm really, I'm realizing this now. Like, this is why I need to watch it a third time. Uh, <laughs> John David Washington, like, pops a bullet out of it, uh, out of his gun and catches it. So you're like, oh, he's cool. He must be the protagonist. Uh, and then they put if on he like he didn't have a name. I would call him that. <laughs> they put on definitely lo local police stickers instead of just having the outfits. That's fair. Um, 
the police gassed the room, put all these civilians to sleep, but the uh, Satyrs team all have gas masks. And then I guess like the CIA code word is, we live in a twilight world. And the response is, and there are no friends at dusk. Um, so that's how he like finds his sleeper agent. Uh, he tells him, you know, you've been made. I don't know that satyrs people are laying bombs everywhere. They're going to kill all the civilians. I don't even know if like the terrorists at large are all of satyrs men. I think they might just be like a terrorist group doing terrorist things. But then like the people pulling the strings are satyrs men. Like, I don't know if these guys fully know what they're a part of really. Sure. Um, or they've maybe been told they're stealing plutonium, but they're actually stealing the last piece of the algorithm. Well, they're using the 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 terrorist you know heist at the at the opera as a means to kill this one guy. Like it's all about just getting into that room and killing him. Everything else is kind of inconsequential. So I think that may be why the satyrs men are like pulling the strings with these other dudes just so they can get in and kill this guy, and that's who uh, the protagonist is saving. Why would they want to kill him? Because he knows where the, the the physical piece of the puzzle is, he want they want to get that from him and kill him. I think. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all about. That's the, what that's, that was my take. It's all about the the last piece of the algorithm for sure. Uh, we do know yeah. that. Um, so he he gets made kind of. I said my note is what's going on because the protagonist he gets a sticker ripped off. I, I assume by one of Sater's men, but then that guy gets shot. It looks like from a stray bullet, but maybe. Neil is the one that killed him. Yeah, it's like a, he gets hit with a reverse bullet and then the person that did the reverse shooting runs away and it's got that little backpack tag that Neil has at the end. Yeah, it looks so it looks like Neil was the one that saved him. It's, I, I put some reverse shit happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then it looks like he moves the bombs to the expensive seats, which is funny. Fuck the 1%. <laughs> I, really, I really like that part of the movie where he... <laughs> If that happened at the opera, I would actually pay to go to the opera more often. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't would, be caught dead there, but if I knew they were going to blow up box seats, I would buy the cheapest seats and watch from there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. <laughs> but then he gets captured, and I don't understand this either. Um, we cut to the protagonist and his buddy getting tortured on the train tracks. His buddy gave up the info immediately. I respect that. Same. Um he, but they take his cyanide pill from his collar. They pull out all his teeth. And then he gets his buddy's cyanide pill. Right? Well, I think what happened is, so the guy that he gets into the car with, they're making, they're pretending as if the dude that he's getting into the car with is the same guy that he was saving. But he just brought that guy out, had him hide in the crowd, and then one of his other buddies dressed up in the suit and pretended to be like, oh, this is the dude that we're after. And they know that he's not the guy that they were supposed to extract. So that's why these dudes are like, oh, you were, you must be FBI. We got to torture you and figure out what you know type thing. But I don't even understand what you just said, much less the movie. (laughs) But all we know is that we get the tenant title card. That's for sure. Tenant. He wakes up in the hospital. They've rebuilt his mouth while he was in a medically induced coma. And he says that the suicide pills were fake. They were a test. And he passed the test by not giving up the info. And now he gets to be a part of Tenet, right? Which I think is the organization mm-hmm. that is trying to stop the world from ending. And yeah, they're, they're, they're in the fight against the future. 
I love that how he explains this is the movie in a nutshell too, because in the protagonist is just like, oh, okay. He's like, I'm not doing that. I quit. You had my teeth pulled out and lied to me. And he's like, yeah, you are. Cause you don't even work for me. All I have for you is a gesture. And then he does this and John David Washington's like, God damn it. I'm in. And like, that's basically the movie. Like if you're able to just say, okay, I'm in without mm-hmm. understanding, then, then good. Cause even the main character is like, Oh, okay. I quit. That guy might work for me. Oh, okay. You got me there. <laughs> the fuck? That guy might have said, like, you're going to watch this movie. It, it's a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. Fuck, you're right. It is. He gives I'm him an in. assignment that transcends national interests. And I don't want to harp on this because it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying I don't understand is, were those really satyrs men or, or evil Ukrainians that captured and tortured him? Or were they employees of Tenet? Or were they employees of the CIA, like, just torturing him for no purpose just to see if he would talk? I, I don't know. I think the dudes torturing them are satyrs men, but I don't know for sure. And the cyanide it's, pills were just fake. And then yeah. they, res- they rescued which is him. Interesting, which is interesting because at the end of the movie, Sater, when he goes to kill himself, he's like, I've got these pills. They're CIA. And it's like, well, that wouldn't work. I thought that was funny those. too when Sater had that at the end. It's like, <laughs> guys, just let him eat it. They're not real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it cut to him training on a boat. Again, he does that. He's doing pull-ups and stuff. Going where? We don't know. <laughs> uh, and then he, a woman tells him he's there to prevent World War III, essentially. Um, and she's the one that explains the inverted objects theory, the reverse entropy. When he pulls the trigger, the bullet comes back. And she, I think she says they just found I, that inverted bullet section of wall with the bullets in it. Yeah. And we're just, we're testing them. Well, I think it's, it's some kind of inverse radiation as a result of nuclear fission. I love that Oppenheimer gets brought up a bunch in this movie. Yeah. You can tell that he was already reading that book when he wrote Tenet. And then he was like, I'll just do American Prometheus. Fuck it. Why not? Why not? Um, I love the idea that the woman that is sort of explaining uh, to our protagonist, you know, I, can I just call the protagonist John, John David Washington? Yes. <laughs> just... Okay. So I love the the woman that's explaining all these high-level concepted things about entropy to John David Washington is maybe the most she, she's the actress is giving the most checked out employee ever like who has quite quit her job years ago. She's <laughs> like Yeah, I don't know. It's uh there's this board we found. Bullets come backwards at a time. It's I don't know, man. Like listen, I got to go. My lunch break. I take my lunch break seriously. Can you see yourself out? I'm done. <laughs> uh, look, I just work here. All right. Yeah. And honestly, I tried to take PTO, but they said my PTO accrues throughout the year, even though in the contract it said <laughs> I had three weeks. <sighs> so my whole family's in Myrtle Beach, and I'm talking to fucking you, dude. I don't know. They just the bullets go backwards. Wait, if I the bullet, how did I ca- catch the bullet in my gun? I already told you, man. It goes backwards. Just fucking come on. Let's go. And then she says the message of the movie that I talked about earlier. Don't try to understand it. Right. And I love that there's this line too, that says being shot with an inverted bullet would be devastating. It would suck real bad. And he's like, he should have said, so it's like getting shot with a forwards bullet. Cause that sucks. That sucks too. (laughs) (laughs) Either way. Yeah. Getting shot with a normal bullets on a cakewalk either. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's implied though that because the the reverse bullets have some sort of radiation in them, you'll get like radiation poisoning from the bullet wound as well. Mm-hmm. So, but still, like, 
die now, die later. <laughs> You're going to die. It's like getting fucked in the front or the back. It hurts either way. We call that a temporal pincer movement. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but the back hurts worse. See what I'm saying? And he's like, oh, yeah. I get it. Because uh, <laughs> it's not supposed to go that way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But he's he suggests analyzing. Why don't we call this a spit roast movement? <laughs> it's basically what it is. A lot of people just sat forward, like, "God damn it, I'm in." Mm. <laughs> he suggests analyzing. All, all I have for you is a gesture. <laughs> God damn it, I'm in. He suggests analyzing the bullet to see where they're made, and she's like, "I never thought of that. That's crazy." Uh, but they found other inverted material. It's the detritus of a coming wool. Uh, so these are just like objects from the future, uh, a future that's already happened because time is not linear, right? That, and that's one key to understanding this movie is the same key that the characters have to understanding what's going on is the future is happening simultaneously with the present. It's not as if it happens later. That's that's just our that's a feeble understanding of time. <laughs> yeah. So that's how things like this are able to, to work. But anyway, he needs to get to Sanjay Singh. We don't know who that is, but he goes to Mumbai. He has like a a local helper that he gets hooked up with, which is Neil, played by Robert Pattinson. Um, and he has to uh, Sanjay Singh is like a world renowned, you know, arms dealer. Arms dealer that's uh, you know unable to be gotten to. So they have to bungee jump to get out, but also bungee jump to get in. It's bungee jumpable. Is that yeah. a word? I, I think so. It is now. Our pets suggest that it is. So they bungee, <laughs> they bungee run up the building and then there's like pew, pew, choke, choke. They break in, kill some people. They ask Sanjay about the ammunition in the Ukraine. You know, where'd you get reverse bullets, bro? I know it's you. Um, and then uh, the wife who we know, we find out is named Priya. Drops the, oh, yeah. the, the the secret word. It would violate the tenets he lives by. And and <laughs> John's like, oh, you're in tenant? You said tenant. Nobody uses that word. Just oh, willy nilly. And she's doing this. She's doing yeah. the, <laughs> the campaign. <laughs> it would violate his tenets. <laughs> she's the real arms dealer and also a member of tenant. Uh, my note is, oh, she knows the word. Uh so she tells him about Andre Sater, the Russian oligarch, um, that, that he's the broker between now and the future, right? So he's the key to all of this. That's who he has to get to. Uh, and then they bungee leave, which is pretty neat. That's how I and leave we parties. Get, probably my favorite scene in the movie, just for obvious reasons, is the lunch with Sir Michael Crosby, played by... It's, <laughs> do not it's Michael Caine in a Nolan film, and it's Michael Caine in a Nolan film, and it's Nolan and Michael Caine. And it's weird that they sit down to lunch and John asks like about all these important plot questions. And then he, Michael Crosby just keeps going "Do not go gentle into that good night. <laughs> Rage. Rage. Against the dying of the light. <laughs> we learn about Stalsk 12 and, and, and the history of Seder that the key to him is through his wife. Um, they tell him about, it's a very complicated exposition about that. I think I understood the second time his wife is an art dealer who sold her own husband, a forgery, uh, a, a, a Goya forgery by Arepo. Arepo is her friend. Um, but there's actually a really funny bit of dialogue where he tells him that his, 
clothes are not convincing enough to pass as somebody who could afford a Goya. Yeah. And so, you know, this is Brooks Brothers. That's trash. You need to, <laughs> we'll pay for it. Do you need my tailor? You look like a fucking peasant. <laughs> and then John David Washington's like, the Brits don't have a, uh, a monopoly on snobbery. Don't worry, I can handle it. And he's, we don't have but a we monopoly. we do have a controlling interest. <laughs> that was a good line. That was a good line. <laughs> this is my favorite scene of heavy exposition. Like, because it's just two people it's sitting Michael down. Caine. They're, it's Michael Caine. They're, they're, it's just an expository scene. But there's like some funny little character quips in there. You're learning stuff about everything. And they're all just sitting down at a table. And it's not like, oh, we're over on this side of the restaurant now. Oh, now we're at an Arby's. Oh, now we're at a McDonald's. Like, <laughs> we're doing like a bang, bang. We get the five for five. <laughs> and then we get the four for four. That's how you do it. That's only $9. <laughs> Let me tell you a simple trick. This place has the best mozzarella sticks money can buy. No one thinks that because it's Arby's and they have the meats. <laughs> but I'm also here to tell you, they have the sticks too. <laughs> don't sleep on the turnovers. Oh, don't get me started on them. <laughs> we don't have a monopoly on the meats, but we do have a controlling interest. <laughs> That's Arby's new slogan. Oh my God. I just love the idea of Michael Caine going on an Arby's like binge fest. Mm-hmm. I need two beef and cheddars, <laughs> one curly fry, a mott stick. Don't of even course. think about putting normal fries in that shit. Mm-mm. I'll bludgeon you if you do. I'll soak you. I'll soak, I'll soak you. <laughs> a little newsies <laughs> reference. This episode was sponsored by Better Help. Folks, it's 2024. What does everybody do in the new year? They make resolutions. They set goals. How about we don't do that? I mean, you can. It's obviously nice to have goals, but it's also a good exercise to focus on things that you like about yourself. You know, not making all those high pressure goals that you might fail at and just feel worse. You can set smaller goals. And I think therapy can be a good way to access things that you enjoy about your life and focusing on the positive, the gratitude. And BetterHelp is a good way to do that. If you've never given BetterHelp a try, it's therapy that's entirely online you can do it all from your home and access a therapist by filling out a questionnaire and if you end up not liking that therapist you can switch again along with the theme of this ad uh, no pressure whatsoever they're not gonna have their feelings hurt by it so if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try celebrate the progress you've already made visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash streaming things It's the month of February, so you know what time it is. It's time to thank our patrons. Every single one of you that helps keep the lights on at Streaming Things, thank you so much. But we want to give a special shout out to our super patrons, and here they are. Thank you to Stanton Valentino, Maddlestat, Bryce Coppin, Susie Callahan, Anthony Corona, Sunshine, Huckleberry Cauliflower, Ashley Hazen, Mike from New Hampshire, Brett X, Emily Scarano, Will Tickler, Svento Seven, Jay Scramo, Bloth Pump, aka Ashley Ray, Wendy O'Laughlin, Jason Hawkins, Big Butthorn, Conrad, Kaylee Sampson, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Charlie Friday, Alexis Adler, Peaches, Emmy, Haley B, Joe Velez, Michelle, John Collins, Amber McVeigh, Amanda King, Trisha Bueller, Son, Loving, Mortal, Suzanne Road, Lauren Waller, Jen Robinson, 
Kalisha Reeves, Aaron Armstrong, Kevin Strother, Ashley Powers, Stephen V, Casey McCain, and of course, Enza. And with that, let's get back to the show. So we cut to him. He's watching Catherine, we presume. Presume away. There's a line from earlier in the movie. Uh, <laughs> then he goes to see her. He hands her the quote-unquote Goya uh, forged by Thomas Arepo, which she identifies immediately. Because I think there was two, one of which is owned by her husband. Um, and I like that she claims her husband isn't mad that he was tricked. Um, he he only understands betrayal, not failure. So it would never occur to him that she didn't know it was a fake, um, which is was a really good line about his character. Um, but she says that the drawing is his hold over her, right? It was difficult for her to get away. Once she realized he was a maniac, now it's impossible because he would put her in police prison, the works, and she would never be able to see her son, Max. So she stays in this not toxic marriage, but just sadistic marriage because of her son. She tells the story about the vacation in Vietnam, which is pretty well worked into the dialogue by him, by her saying $9 million wouldn't cover our recent holiday, you know, so that's a good way to bring that in. Um, And she talks about how she saw some woman diving off the boat when she returned from shore. Uh, She's not jealous that he was sleeping with her, but she's jealous of the woman's freedom. Good line. Um, All of her husband's goons show up. She knew they were coming. She's like, they're going to beat the shit out of you now. It's going to suck real bad. See you later. Might surprise you. (laughs) He slips her his phone number and says, I'll call you later. And she's like, you're not going to be able to talk. Uh, And then he says, I might, it might, I might surprise you. Uh, I like the I hot sauce joke to jaw, man. <laughs> yeah. They reconstructed this bad boy. They can't break it. It's that titanium. Though. Yeah. You ever seen the old James Bond movie with the guy with the metal teeth? That's me, basically. Yeah, that's me. Uh, but he goes in the he, kitchen. He, the, he, the when he starts beating everybody up in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. I ordered my hot sauce an hour ago. Yeah, That action scene is good. funny. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this action scene is great. There's, uh, there's a part I, I actually kind of forget. There are two moments in this movie that made me go, oh, fuck. Because I had forgot how kind of brutal they were. The, the cheese grater face. Missing, it's cheese grater face. Yeah, because he just like just like slices that dude's face with a cheese grater, and it it's not gory because you don't see the aftermath of said movement, but just the implied effect of what he does to that dude is like, oh, jeez, no, please don't fight me. I don't yeah. want that. Great scene. I'll take some cheek on my tilapia, please. Sorry, <laughs> I want my cheek. Well done. <laughs> this is raw, and I can't eat it. We have a controlling interest on cheeks. Um, <laughs> Sometimes we clap them. <laughs> <laughs> Not usually. <laughs> There's a cool scene where Elizabeth Debicki's uh, Catherine's in the car with the the goon driver, and he wants you to watch. He gets what he wants, and then. John David Washington walks out unharmed and she's like, Ooh, not always. Apparently she's intrigued by that. Uh, we cut to Catherine with her child, Max at school, presumably Satyr's people pick the kid up and then she calls him. And not only does he answer, but he's right behind her. Yeah. Told you it might surprise you. Right. Uh, and this is when we get the exposition about what a Freeport is, which is a storage facility, uh, for art acquired, but not yet taxed. So people can go, rich people can go look at their stuff without, paying taxes on it, which is, I don't, I don't like that at all. <laughs> Make them pay. Everyone has to pay their fair share. We should do away with the free ports. Just saying. Also, I think Freeport can- was a city in EverQuest or maybe World of Warcraft. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> it was. Um, 
but yeah, he's, uh, and he's telling Neil about the Freeport at the same time that he's learning about it from Catherine. So this is when you get that cut exposition thing that uh, Steve loves. And, but th- this is kind of well done because at least he's telling someone else at a different moment in time. So it kind of makes sense to have it split yeah. up that way. Uh, meanwhile, Neil is casing the Freeport. He's supposed to look at, you know, fire uh, preventative measures and stuff. We learn about the halide gas, that whole thing, whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, remind the, me about the, the air thing later because none of that makes sense to me and I'm wondering what you think. Oh, I was just about to ask you. It doesn't make sense to me either. The halide does. It's fine. I just, you can't breathe in there. That makes sense. But the whole bit about how you can't breathe in reverse time doesn't seem to apply when they're indoors, which makes no sense. Like when they're in the, oh. when they're in the container heading to Oslo, they have their masks off talking. Well, they probably have the gas pumped in there, I would assume, so they don't have to wear a mask the whole time. They just have air yeah, pumped in the container. A bunch of canisters of that air that they're breathing in. I don't want this to leave marks on my face, so I've had our associates fill this container with breathable reverse air. I believe in great skincare routine, but a mask <laughs> on your face is not very great for that. There's a can of CeraVe over there for you, my friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he wants to... Their plan is to crash a jet from the taxiway. Their friend Mahir is going to crash the plane with his team. They're going to drop gold bars out as a distraction. None of that actually matters. We don't need any of that, actually. Um, No. Like, with the amount of stuff you have to yada yada to make this movie, I think it's funny they spent so much time on, like, explaining why nobody would interfere in the vault. Um, But then we see the vault heist take place just as planned. Um one of the dudes takes one of the gold bars, which I appreciated. The plane crashes. <laughs> yeah, that's um, funny. They're breaking out of the vault into another one. There's a really cool tense scene where the lock pick breaks and they almost run out of oxygen um, before they can get into the hallway where there is air. Neil says, someone's in here with us uh, in a very spooky way. And then they go on to separate sides of the vault, which we later learn one of the is reverse time versus forward time. But I, maybe Neil yeah. knows that at the time, but uh, our protagonist certainly does not. Uh, and then a fight already happened. He can see like bullet holes and pieces of guns. And I think Neil says it hasn't happened yet. Or maybe John David Washington says that. Um, and then we get the reverse fighting guy. Meanwhile, the forward guy runs away from, from Neil. It's wild. It's wild shit. Neil it's pulls a, the a, guy's freaky deaky. <laughs> Neil pulls the guy's mask off off camera. We can't see him, but he sees something and then runs away. Um, Wait a minute! And then Neil interferes. What, what if he pulled? What if he pulled the mask off? And instead of Neil's kind of like realizing who it was, he pulls the mask off. And he's like, oh, "It was old man Farmer." And then you just hear off frame, like, "I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids." Scooby Dooby Dooby. Um, that would have been a good twist. I think if the mystery machine rolled up, I'm with Frank you. comes up, I'm here to tell you about tenant. It's a secret organism. Shut up, Daphne. He pulls the mask off, sees the impeccable skin of John David Washington and realizes that he had been using his CeraVe and he was relieved. Uh, and that's, that's, not that's how ad. we knew to put the CeraVe in the <laughs> container in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What happened, happened, Chris. Well, you can't change it. <laughs> No. Neil interrupts the fight that John's having and says, don't kill him. 
we need to know if he's been if we've been compromised, but you can you can tell there's more to it than that that he just doesn't want him to kill him. And then dude gets sucked straight out of the door. Whoa! Uh, wish I was that door. And then the other. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, what happened to the other guy? And Neil's like, I took care of him. Um, we learned that there's a temp- temporal cold war going on. It's what he tells Neil, um, who pretends to not understand. And I love that. He's like, I've got a master's in physics. He's like, that's a good start. Like, bitch, you barely know what's going on. You talk to one lady <laughs> for three minutes. You're being real airy. It's like when your buddy knows something you don't know, kinda, and he wants to lord it over you. You wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't um, get it. But yeah. I, I, my, my note here is what the fuck I'm, I'm getting frustrated. <laughs> um, but he tells Priya the inverted one got away. Uh, and she tells him that it was a turnstile. It's an inverting machine that they don't have now, but they do because it was given to them by the future. That's why they exist in this point in time. They haven't invented it yet. She tells him about the plutonium 241, something Seder needs. That's how you get in the room with him. Uh, what, what if I accidentally let him get plutonium? And she's like, even if billions of people die, it's still worth what we're after. Uh, we're, we're saving the entire world. And she, you know, we're being attacked by the future. And we, we, we need to know how Seder is helping. Uh, so the protagonist goes to see Catherine again, says, I need, a, I'm, I need a meeting with Seder. He tells her the drawing has been destroyed, which up to this point in my watching, I had forgotten was part of the reason he was in the vault. And I was like, did he destroy it, though? And maybe he did. Turns out he didn't. And he knew he didn't. Um, mm-hmm. So he just wants a meeting with Seder. Seder asks who the protagonist is. Uh, and he had sent Max away. He's my buddy. We we hang out yeah. at parties. He's a, yeah, he's a diplomat. No big deal. It's like a thing. It's no big deal. Capital D dip, diplomat. So he shows up to the family dinner. <laughs> and we get that hilarious line. Are you sleeping with my wife? Oh, you, or no, he's the Russian guy. That's right. It's Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh is doing a, wife? he's doing a good Russian accent, but it's still funny. Right. Are you it sleeping is, yeah. with I, I my wife? I still think it's funny that the bad guy is Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> it does make me laugh. My wife. I just think of what's the, what's the dude's name that he plays in Harry Potter? Uh, Gilderoy Lockhart. It, Lockhart. Like it's just imagine Gilderoy Lockhart just in this role. It's kind of funny. Confund us. <laughs> ah. No, he's a brilliant actor. He does a lot of Shakespeare stuff. He's, he's a brilliant actor. Uh, of oh, course, yeah. plays uh, Hercule Poirot uh, as well. But in this mm-hmm. case, he's a the the Russian arms dealer, time bandit. <laughs> uh, What's the the thing that he says to him? He's like, "I'm going to take you out, and I'm going to chop off your balls, and then I'm going to slit your throat and put your balls in your throat." It's very gratifying watching a man you hate choke on his own balls. Yeah. That's basically what he says. And then I'll slit your throat, John's like, but not sideways, but make a little hole because your tiny balls only need a little hole. And I shove <laughs> balls in hole and it's not erotic for me because I like women. I promise you I do, but I will cradle your balls briefly before slicing them off just to make you feel like a loving touch right before the pain. Like it's very yes. in-depth. Yeah. And he's just staring at him like, what? <laughs> can, I eat, can, can I eat dinner first before you feed me my own balls? That'd be great. I love later. That I don't want balls on an empty stomach. When he gets him later, he's like, you're not going to shove my balls in my throat. No time for such things, unfortunately. <laughs> when he's about to kill him later. <laughs> yeah, he tells him the whole balls thing. Uh, but he likes his moxie is, is the implication of this scene, is the subtext. Um, but he does agree to meet again once he mentions the opera. Um, 
And then he tells his wife, he's like, you're being super fucking froggy today because she's excited. She thinks the drawing is destroyed. So she's got Moxie again. And he's like, by the way, there is a drawing on your plate. Uh, ah, I don't eat it. He says, I've always had. Presen- <laughs> don't eat it. This is just, pre- <laughs> this is just presentation. No, it's not actually dinner. Please do not eat. She's like, where are the crayons? No, there's not that kind of pre-dinner drawing. Um, Oi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the kids menu is on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I've always had instincts about the future, which is funny because in reality, he's lived the future already and then goes back and lives his life knowing what's happened, I think. Um, and also, I think people in the future are communicating to him as well. So I think they can like tell him stuff to do. Like that's why he's so successful and rich is because mm-hmm. I think the future is telling him, but also there's a, probably a little bit of him going back and forth himself and they, doing stuff. Maybe. They told me to buy the stock in this thing called Apple. I do not get it. Why, why is fruit so important? I do not know. It is very weird, but the future, they were right, I guess. Yes, I'm buying so many Taylor Swift albums. I really don't think she's going to be a big deal, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Errors mean nothing to me. I'm a man outside of time. Uh, he gives him his pitch about the 241 partnership. Um, and then they they go on their, like, their little sailboat race. I really want to ride on one of those boats. I feel like that's something really rich people do, but it looked fun. It did look fun. He's it looked like, hard. Like you have he's to cranking the doing. cranky and they're strapped in and then they like run to the other side. I don't get it. I'm down though. You can't. They've got those microphones that like touch your lips so they can hear each other with their helmets on. Yeah, planes have that. That's not that impressive. Yeah. We've been there before. Apparently, you don't turn a boat. You jibe a boat. Did you know about jibing? I, I don't jibe with this information, no. You can't jibe the boat. But he does, he's like, you can if you have to. And she's like, oh, okay. And then. <laughs> <laughs> You've convinced me. Because <laughs> she like unhooks Andre and he would have died, which by the way, would have killed the entire world. I think no, cause he didn't have the algorithm yet. So honestly, why can't they just kill him? Well, at that point in time, they're just trying to, f- they need him to figure out more information about the people that are bankrolling. Him right. But future. knowing what we know, it would have been better for her, her son and the entire world. If he, if he had just let him drown. Right. Sure. But you can't I mean, change it. What happens happens. What happened happened. So he saves him. Happened, happened. Uh, um, and he saves Andre and uh, he tells her about how Seder holds all of their lives, not just her and her sons in the balance. He gives her a gun, but then tells her she's not allowed to shoot anybody. So I, maybe it's just, it's just to make you feel better. There's no bullets in it. Yeah. Just hold the weight. Like a teddy. I'll be honest. It's a squirt gun. Don't talk shit and then pull this out. It'll be really embarrassing. Yeah. It will embarrass you. Yeah. And you'll probably get killed. Um, he goes to see Seder. And who says, I now owe you my life. And he's like, well, don't hurt your wife. And he's like, I wasn't going to. And he's like, well, then help me steal the 241 then. I don't want to use my 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 cash in for that. Uh, <laughs> no backseats. You already said the other thing. Movie well, over. Said, I, I, I agree. I won't hurt wife. Weird she's, thing to suggest, but okay. She's she's coloring at dinner. What do you mean? Um, so then he talks about, I used to dig plutonium in elementary school, bitch. And then he goes... <laughs> <laughs> we, you remember fool's gold? We would do that, but with plutonium. It was sitting in my desk, <laughs> and I got really a, cool. I got A in math, um, and I guess in the past he like killed his friend over was that gold or was that? 
bomb stuff. Uh, that was like the time. That was like the. I think the time capsule that the future has sent backwards. That that's how they communicate to and him. And they pay him time capsules. Yeah, they pay and him. They pay him money. And he, I guess he realized kind of like the potential of what this thing was. So he killed his friend. Mm-hmm. He did a deagle smeagle situation. He did. It was the smeagle deagle thing. Yeah. Why shouldn't I keep it? <laughs> um, it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Extended version jokes. Um, deagle, it is my birthday, <laughs> precious. Let me have books with Gold secrets and time, timey wimey bullshit. Mm. Um, we cut back to Catherine. She's hiding the gun in her box, and then he comes in, puts his like cufflinks into the belt, and he's gonna beat her with it, which is crazy. Yeah, it's fucking gnarly. But he can't hit her without ruining the deal because uh, she'll scream, and he'll have to end up killing the protagonist. Um, protagonist is being sneaky on the boat. He's watching him beat that dude to death with a gold bar. I have no idea why. And then he gets caught and he basically calls that he's CIA. We live in a twilight world, right? And John David Washington goes, is that Whitman? Um, yeah, that's a good line. Which is quick. And gives, that's beautiful. Is that Whitman? Gives him the bloody gold bar. That's the joke, by the way, where he's like, you're not going to do the balls thing? And he's like, we do not have time. <laughs> it's delicate to cut balls. Very, I take my time with balls. You have to schedule out whole whole afternoon to do the ball thing. <laughs> it's too late. My Google calendar is just way too booked. I am we tired. Do ball thing. We'll do the ball thing tomorrow. Um, Are you free Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you come back? We'll do ball thing then. Oh, I've got it. I'll go back in time. Put your balls in your throat in reverse. Ah, uh, this is this is why I make the big gold bars. We need temporal ball time movement. <laughs> he uses the time capsules to buy from the future. We talked about that. We find out in this scene. Um, someplace that won't be discovered for centuries. Stalsk 12, I assume, is what they're alluding to. Uh, because of the radiation, nobody goes there. That's right. That's right. Um, and then... I put my note is he plans something with Neil. I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> we also get a lot from um, Seder about him, like checking his pulse. Like he's obsessed with that. And I guess it's an allusion to how his heart is kind of tied to the algorithm uh, or an allusion to why he would do that in the first place. And then cat pulls a gun on him. It's probably my least favorite scene where he's like, I'm a, I'm a tiger. Meow. <sighs> You don't negotiate with a tiger. (laughs) (laughs) He takes the gun, hits her like brutally and spits on her, checks his pulse again. And he's like, hmm. Um, And he's like, seal me this side. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, We get the fire truck shit, a really cool action scene in the car where they're going to like break and steal the plutonium slash piece of the algorithm, even though we don't know what that is yet. He breaks into the truck from above. Cops start to show up and they're like, hey, why are you squishing that car and, and like climbing around on fire trucks on the highway? We're really bad at our job, but we're skeptical. We're not alarmed, yeah. but we're skeptical. I love I love how easily they just swat the police away. They're like, nah, get out of here. You're, you're, you're not relevant to this. You're so outside your league. Yeah, stop. Just stop. Uh, he gets the 241 or what we find out is a piece of the algo. Uh, it is actually the key to understanding TikTok's recommendation sin- system. It's worth billions. Once 
<laughs> once we build, once we build this, we will go viral every day. Start our cooking vlog channel. Long term. First video, <laughs> bought the ball thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is it gold. Will be mega hit with Gen Z. They will be like. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be reposting it and there will be reactions there'll be people who do like bass lines to it and then that person will reshare it with a pianist and they will like mm. make song about the ball thing it is beautiful a pianist and balls thing yes <laughs> damn it I like women uh- <laughs> <laughs> so then he gets the thing he drives off with neil on the bmw uh the radio chatter is not estonian it's backwards oh and then uh, backwards cars start coming at him um Seder is in a backwards car with an air mask on with a gun to cat who by the way does not have an air mask on so are we to understand that reverse Seder captured forwards cat i guess because she's conscious. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. And are they driving forwards, but only look like they're driving backwards? Uh, I think, yeah. And they're, and they're from their point of view, they're driving forwards. But in our point of view, currently, it looks like they're going backwards. Interesting. If you saw a reverse per- person taking a shit, would it look like they were... You merely caught the shit. <laughs> <laughs> they were slurping poo with their meal. <laughs> I guess so. Interesting. Oh my gosh, this opened so many possibilities with this movie. <laughs> this is why normal people can't have these powers. Right? They would just be like, dude, 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 look at this. Um, <laughs> Shitting backwards. <laughs> what happened, happened. It looked like you were wiping shit on your butt when you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so gross. It's so gross, dude. This is what will happen when we have the algorithm. We can post these videos online and the TikTok and people will love it. Mm. I will be the Mr. Beast of the future. And then. (laughs) So then. I will give you $10 million if you'd let me cut off your balls, but I will give you a billion dollars if you let me put the balls down your throat. <laughs> oh, you can't do it? Oh, subscribe and like to Mr. Beast. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Tiger. Um, <laughs> oh, Mr. Tiger. So then he gets the box and like leaves Cat in the car that's still driving. He gets in a different car. Um, there's a harrowing scene where the protagonist has to like leap into her car press the brake with his fingers and save her. Uh, people with guns show up, pew, pew. Um, and at the, we see Neil kind of allude to the fact that he's more than he says he is. Cause he's like, I'm calling in the cavalry. And you know, the protagonist is like the fucking, who's the kid? Who's the cavalry? You work for me, right? Don't you? Don't you? No, no. But also I do technically. <laughs> uh, and then cat and the protagonist are taken by Sater's men. Um, we see opposite side Seder is moving backwards. We see two Seders. <clears throat> it looks like he's given his wife air. He his reverse speech is being translated, I guess. And then he he's, he's shooting cat. Um, he doesn't have the thingy on that side. Apparently, um, 
John David Washington had hidden it from him when he gave him the box. And then moving forward, Sater comes in asking the same questions. People come in shooting and they say, he went to the past. That's how he got away. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then we see the the scene the right way on the other side. Um, yeah. And it's, that's neat, right? Um, yeah. It's really trippy to see Sater kind of watching himself do the thing he just did. It's really tri- trippy. And then my note is, is that Aaron Taylor Johnson? It is. Um, he goes to cowboy shit. He goes to Priya's. Um, it talks about how they're they're, or he says that we're Priya's friends. <laughs> they're running a temporal pensa movement. Um, and then he talks about how John David Washington lied, even though it was going to save her life. And he's like, oh, he was going to shoot her anyway. It's it's a standard operating procedure. It's SOP. I used to work at a restaurant. <laughs> they they tell you all the time SOP baby you gotta cut, SOP you gotta cut the green peppers this way um, yeah you know me but she's been shot by a reverse bullet and everybody's like oh man that's like being that's shot with a, it's like being shot with a forwards one dude it sucks and they're like <laughs> it's real bad but she won't heal she'll just continue to get worse and worse so they have to reverse her in order for her to survive they have to take her back in time um, and they tell him, like, if you don't see yourself reverse exiting, never go into the turnstile because that means you never came out. So th- there's what I mean about how the execution of this movie doesn't make any sense. And they know that, like, can you change things or can you not? Right. Like, if you have a choice not to go in, then that implies that what's happened didn't happen, bro. And they talk bruh. about this on in the ridiculous expo- exposition segment that we're about to get in in the container to Oslo. Because he, 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 it's one of the times where he wakes Robert Pattinson up and he's like, Hey, 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 uh, in the lighthouse, were you really jerking off? And he's like, Look, man, I'm trying to sleep. Uh, but then he also <laughs> says, Um, aren't the fact, isn't the fact that we're having this conversation, doesn't that mean that we already won, that we fixed it? And Pattinson's like, Optimistically, yes. And he's like, What about pessimistically? And he's like, Pessimistically, no, you know, <laughs> essentially, you know. <laughs> So that, because then he's like, well, we're, that kind of leads into like alternate timelines and everything, man. And oh, that is not this movie. Yeah. That multiple multiverse. I did that movie in like 2014. Years, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she watched Anastella for that bit. Um, right. So yeah, they, they talk about all that. The crux of the movie is just kind of yada yada. Um, so he, he threatened to kill her in the past. Now they're going back through time. Right. Um, and this is where we get the bit about how regular air won't go through inverted lungs, but it seems like they don't always have the masks on, even when they're in reverse time. Um, she says, if you touch yourself, like your other self in time, complete annihilation. Uh, even though I guess it doesn't count through clothes because when he fights himself, guess, he's wearing gloves I've, and stuff. Yeah. That, that part, they really hammer that home. But to me, it almost feels like someone's like, we don't know what will happen. So just don't do it. Yeah, they don't. Not knowing that not, he's already done it, but technically he already fought himself. And everything is backwards, which means fire is essentially ice, yada, 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 so on and so forth. Yeah. If um, you're in an explosion, you'll get frozen, which is what happens to him. I did like the reveal that he was the upside down middle car before the one that was like, yeah, the, the, the hood that the object was tossed onto. Um, and also that him going back in time to save Cat had already happened because he was there to. But what doesn't make sense is 
that after he does the reverse thing from the same event is how Seder gets the algorithm piece. Right? Because it like it gets sucked out of his glove box and into the box as it's going to old Seder. I don't know. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> uh, then he's in the ice explosion. But the ice explosion doesn't kill him because there's too many temporal events going on and it's like pissing in the wind. <laughs> um, there's too he's got, much going on right now. He's heading to Oslo. There's he's got he had you're the only one to ever get hypothermia from an explosion. Um, so Sater's got the device now. Neil won't tell him who recruited him. You're not ready for that yet, bit mate. Uh, <laughs> and I'm actually Michael Caine when I, I'm young. I love. <laughs> I love. <laughs> do not go gentle. I love that. He's just going to tell Kat everything about these super complex ideas. And she knows nothing while she's dying. She's like sitting there with a hole in her body. And she's like, where am I? Oh, you got shot. We're trying to take you to save you. What's going on? Tell her, Neil. No, Priya will have to kill her. Priya's going to try to kill her anyway. Just tell her. All right. So it starts with physics, right? And then just the scene cuts. And it's just, it's it's saying, you can you can assume she knows everything now. And it's so mm-hmm. funny to me because it's like, I don't know everything. Please let me watch that scene. I'd like to understand. Yeah. I would love to know that scene. <laughs> um, but their policy is... All right, dummies. This is what happens. You get it. <laughs> it starts with physics. How many... Uh, let's pad the runtime three extra hours. We'll just do a full physics lesson here. To explain Tenet, here's Margot Robbie in a bathtub. Uh, <laughs> we could have used that. So then... Mm-hmm. The policy is to suppress, you know, ignorance is one of their greatest weapons. It's, you know, blah, 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 spy shit. Um, He couldn't have told him that he was fighting himself earlier, he explains, because then he might have acted differently. Again, Steve, implying that what has happened is not what has happened. It frustrates me. I mean, if he had told him, then what happened would have happened. We're the people saving the world from what might have been. <laughs> they're back in. So they're back in forwards time now. She's better. Uh, he goes to stop Priya from telling him about the 241 because by her telling him, that's how Seder got the algorithm piece. And she's like, I can't do that because unlike what I just said in the other scene, I've already done it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't follow your own what? rules. Um, what? Basically, they split the algorithm like Horcruxes in the future, and that's what they're trying to piece together now. Because <laughs> like Horcruxes. So in the future, if I'm going to understand this correctly, the people in the future, their oceans are drying up, their air is leaving. It's like an interstellar thing. It's a climate change thing. And their only hope to save themselves and humanity is to just live perpetually backwards in time now. They're going to v- reverse the entire entropy of the Earth, right? And just live backwards for the rest of the right yeah i think that's the, the they want to do this i think there's also an implied where some people want to like go backwards in time and like i don't know like you know use this backwards power to sort of like kill people or like do things that would change people's perspectives to actually try to save the planet but they built this bomb that could in, change the whole world's entropy at the same time where i guess theoretically they could live in the backwards time uh, I don't know when, if they can like doing that, rewind that would, it and then go forwards again, or if they just want to live from that point to backwardsness, which will be funny yeah, to me. I, Everybody has to like it would be. learn how to be backwards now because the cars are different and everything, you know? 
And obviously they couldn't breathe yeah, you, either. You got to avoid like everyone else in the past as well who are going forward. Like, oops, pardon me. I'm just a backwards person. Don't mind me. <laughs> or maybe, maybe um, they reverse the entropy, which makes it the forward entropy is what that is. Like that's how drastic it is. And so it's not, they can still breathe. And anyway, I like the, we should get the sequel where they succeed and they're just living until the dinosaurs are back and stuff now. Um, yeah. And Adam Driver's in it. It's kind of funny because so much of this movie is like, what has happened, happened. So does that mean that if even like the future is always doomed to fail by doing this, like the fact that they, like, it's like they can't change the past. That's what this movie sort of posits is you can't change yeah, what happened. Because happens, past, so, like, present, and future are happening simultaneously. We get that at the end where our protagonist, yeah. the, a great moment in the movie because you, you, you really like the character of Ives played by Robert Pattinson realizes that I, or not Ives, but Neil, or Neil, that Neil had died going to do what he's about to go do at the end. And John David mm-hmm. Washington wants to stop, stop him somehow, you know? And, and Neil's like, don't even tell me, bro. It's going to make me super sad, but also whatever happened worked. We saved the world. So I have to go do it. Yeah. And it's just, it's in, it's incongruous with what what we see elsewhere in this movie where they're trying to change things. You know what I mean? I think. Maybe I just don't get it, but we'll get there in a second. I swear to God, yeah. this podcast is going to be incomprehensible, it feels like. Um, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's an incomprehensible movie, so. Where am I even at? See, yeah, the Horcruxes, he's learning about them. Um, and this is where we get that first cringy, you know, I was supposed to steal it. And, and give it to him. That was the plan all along. But, but I'm the protagonist. And, and she's like, no, it's an ensemble movie. There's lots of, <laughs> just because you're Denzel's da- uh, son, doesn't, there's lots of big actors here. You're just a Nepo baby. Get out of the way. Um, <laughs> so Tenet was founded in the future. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And that's where we get the first hint that John David Washington is the one that founded it. Right. Like that's what we're supposed to understand at the yeah. end. He just hasn't yet. Yes. Um, so it's like a John Connor thing. Uh, he, he goes back to doing pull-ups on a boat again because that's what he does on boats. We, we learned that Sater's death is what activates the algorithm. He has pancreatic cancer, so he's planning on dying and killing the world. And it, it alludes to a line he said to Catherine earlier. If, if, I, if I can't have you, no one can. That's why I don't let you go, even though I know you don't love me. If I can't have the world, if I can't have life, then no one can. That's how selfish he is, right? Which that's good. That's a good villain. Um, yeah. she's so upset that he saw her consider the offer of leaving and never seeing her son again. I like that bit too. Like, you know, that's why she yeah. hates him so much. Um, Andre Just saw for a brief that. moment. She considered it and she hates that about him. Yeah. This is where he gives her a phone that he's going to like use to call her from the future and says, you know, she's like, how's that even going to work? And he's like, it's for posterity. Just leave a message. Maybe I'll hear it. Right. So the idea is that she'll leave a message. He'll hear it years later but simultaneously right mm-hmm. uh and be able to help her anyway that's kind of neat it's like the uh the same way that the time capsules work uh we again hear the phrase temporal pensive movement for the second of i think three times um which they're gonna we're gonna do one now we're gonna do the pensive move like how he did earlier i think it's really cool i just want to try it um do you think they always look at eyes and they're like uh so what are you going to do pincer movement again no, I've got all the plans. We're going to do the uh, and we get this oral maneuver, triple agent thing that happens now. All right, 
there's like a double triple agent move that's revealed now because like he's telling red team and blue team you're going forwards in time you're going backwards in time and you've already done it but you're going to do what they haven't done yet but they have already done and then we're going to do what they haven't done but haven't even thought of it's it's inane right and then john david washington's like i want to be on the cool team and he's like you are mate the real cool team is me and you and <laughs> it's like okay so essentially well he's saying yeah, if if they know what the algorithm is, they have to die. So it's like they're keeping it just me, you, and sure Neil's going to be there, but we're going to have to like hide the thing and then kill each other. So let's keep it in like tight circle here. I've got a club with only the named characters. <laughs> you're in it, even though your name is protagonist. But hey, you're named. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, you're correct. Um, and essentially, she's got to go distract him in the past at the Vietnam vacation on the yacht. And until you see my signal, don't let him die. And that's uh, the plane crash guy again. Was it Maram or something? Uh, uh, Blue team moves in reverse. Uh, Mahir. Mahir. Um, I don't understand any of what transpires in this giant set piece. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't know who they're fighting or what's going on. There's a scene where we see the same building blowing up in reverse and like red team and blue team's perspective. And it's like a top of building, bottom of building thing. I don't know what they achieve. Cool. I don't know what they achieve there. I have no idea. Um, I, I don't even Cause they're like, we have to cause a distraction. So they like blow it up by using the, the different timelines. Like, yeah, that'll do it. And it's like, we're just blowing it up. I don't know. It's kind of, I did like when that guy died, when he got reverse blown up in the hole. That was cool. Oh, yeah. That, that was cool. Like, uh, There's also a part the where... The pebbles start coming oh, back and he's oh, like, like no. <laughs> I, I do like the part where um, uh, John's running through the rubble and then a rock just flies up in the air, like makes him flip because it was part of an explosion that happened that hadn't happened yet. So it like reverse flipped him in the air. That was kind of neat. That doesn't make any sense though because he's in front. He's in forwards time. Sure, but like the battle's happening at the same time, so it's like having the bullet being caught. So like the building exploded, but it was like reversing back. And oh, he it was just the was object like that was reversed by that. Yeah, the object was reversed. He would just happen to be standing on it when it f- flew up in the air, so it flipped him around. Sure, I didn't dead. get it, but I liked it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Andre, you can tell suspects when he's on the yacht because again, this is future Andre that went to the past. Because present Andre, I think, is in Kiev. Um, so he's like, why are you being so nice to me? Uh, <laughs> and he's getting the call. Like I said, it was you on the shore, you know? And, she, and she's like, nah, that's crazy. Cause I'm not, I'm here. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's crazy. Cause I'm not. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he has the cyanide pill from the CIA. And I love that their relationship is so toxic. She's like, don't kill yourself yet. We're having a good time. And he's like, that is fair. Okay. Do you want to do the balls thing? <laughs> oh, you, you can't. I know you like it. Um, do it to me, though. We do see Neil run off. He just gets an impression that he's needed elsewhere. So he, what we find out later is that he actually went back to the turnstile and changed time course to go help the boys. I forgot well, I'm a named he character. Boy, he knows the boys are going to go into this tunnel to find you know, the piece, but he sees, I, I kept calling in my notes. Uh, he sees Lurch, which is that really tall, bald henchman yeah. of Sator's. Uh, he sees Lurch like laying down a tripwire mine in that hallway. So I think he, he's like, Oh shit, they're going to go into that. I better run off to try to like warn them. Yeah. Cause later on when Ives and 
Uh, John are running towards that door. There's a car honking at them, and it's Neil honking at him, trying to be like, "Wait, stop! They, yeah. that, that's tripwired." So when they run in, it gets it blows up and gets tripped. Also, the car that they were shooting at going in is the car that they're using to escape later. Oh, very cool! Which, it's like the Humvee. It's interesting because yeah. he's like dodging bullets from his own men and, or himself at the at the end. Um, uh, but he, while in the tunnel, we see that he sees the backpack on the dead body is from the opera, which we find out later is pretty soon as Neil's. Um, I put who was backwards by bald bomb guy. <laughs> what you were calling Lurch, but it, it was Neil. <laughs> um, and then uh, hilariously, this is really I don't think works, but she kills him early. Uh, and then like, I like how that dude, him f- when they flop yeah, him off the slip boat and slide shit, effect it, where he flops and he like, so he slip and slides off the, the boat, but then slinkies down the boat. Cause he's just like, boink, boink, boink. is that why she like, sprayed oh. sunscreen and water on that? So she, he'd be easier to get off. Yeah. Um, yeah she was making a, a, a nice little slip and slide so she can just like quickly shove him off the boat and no it, one would see her like struggling to like chuck him over or anything. Yeah. And we get the reveal. Um, Look, she killed him early. They make it just in time, I guess, because we hadn't seen that part yet. Um, she was, we get the reveal that she was the woman jumping. Uh, and she tells yeah. uh, the guy, I couldn't let him die thinking he'd won. And I love that that's just like, oh, that's fair. Instead of like, you need to control yourself. You almost ended existence. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's a super <laughs> no no. You're off the team. Yeah. Um, but they do succeed just in time thanks to Neil's help. He's the one that like got the door open and stuff in time. Like that was his dead body there. Um, and then they, they're all, all three of them meet up. They take each, take a piece. We hide it. We end our lives. That's the only way. And they're like, but I don't know when you have to end your life. So you might, you could still be alive for a while. Go back in time, hang out, have a few cocktails, but I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, I'm going to look for you. I'm going to try to kill you if I see you, but you're not going to look that hard. Right, bro. Oh no, I am. Nah. I like how he's like. I love how Ives is just a big softy where he was like, and all of us are going to die. And then at the end, he's like, eh, I'll see you guys later, right? I just realized uh, I'm going to. I don't want to die. <laughs> uh, if I find you, gonna- I've gotten to this point and I realize I'm not into this plan either. So <laughs> let's just break up the whole thing and, you know, let's just, let's just be friends. It'll be fine. But we each have to have a separate piece. Actually, you take my piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, and then he's like, I'm the only one that could have helped you guys pick the lock. Right. So clearly I go back again. He's like, you are super good with locks, mate. And you know, (laughs) um, so we realize that Neil is about to go to his death, but not for realsies because there's other Neilsies, right? Yeah. There's still past Neil that apparently will have a whole relationship with future Neil. Oh, he has, well, a, he has past a, in his per, in Neil's perspective, past Neil. Yeah, but in 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 John's perspective, future Neil. Future Neil. Yeah, yeah. So you recruit me. You've known me for years. We do all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, we Eiffel Tower this one bloke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, it's crazy, mate. It's a good time. It's crazy. Um, this whole operation is a temporal pincer. It's yours. I like saying the word temporal pincer. You know, it's great. And we're only halfway through. Um, so then I'll see you at the beginning, friend. Like, you know, that's how it ends. Um, except for there's the moment where Priya was going to kill Kat. And he's like, you said you wasn't going to kill her. And I told you I was crossing my fingers. Um, <laughs> I 
told you what my word would be worth. Um, and he's like, we were both and working for me. He kills her because the phone, she had left the message to the future that she needed help because she saw a suspicious car. That's kind of, it's kind of neat. It, it's really cool, but it just doesn't have the oomph of a reveal of the oomph. masterpiece Nolan thing that you really want for me. You know, yeah. by that point, I'm so exhausted. I'm just like, okay. Again, okay. it's possible if I Finally. watch this again in a month instead of four years that I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah, maybe. A lot of people I respect mm. rank this movie very highly. Um, I don't. There was like a theory. I remember Andy and I, when we first watched this movie, we went back and we were trying to like look up YouTube videos of you know what did we just watch? And the one video we had was positing that um, Kat's little boy, Max, was actually a young, an even younger Neil from the time before times. And it was kind of like, uh, okay, that'd be cool. But I don't, I don't think that's the case. Uh, but Max like, it's just, just like, kid. that would have been a cool idea. I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff you can kind of get into the weeds in on this. Um, can't, do you know what the Seder square is? No. So it's like a brick of text, right? And every line of text is a palindrome. So no matter how you position the square, the words hmm. all read the same forwards and backwards. Uh, the, the five words that are said are Seder with a Z, Arepo, Tenet is in the middle, Opera, and Rota, uh, Rotas. So it's all... Oh, Rotas is the construction so, company. So he uses all those yeah. in this movie. That's neat. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Yep. So he uses all those words in this movie. Tenet, the sing, the the middle piece is the, you know, the movie and the the, the name of the secret organization. It's just kind of a fun little... Like oh, I that's said, where he got those yeah, ideas I mean, from. It's, it's so impressive. Nobody could have gotten as close as he did as Nolan. But I still don't think he completed this idea in a really effective way for me. But again... Maybe it's just out of my depth. Thank you, John Carlo, for forcing me to take a look at Tenet again. Uh, you guys get excited. Later this week, we've got Kung Pao enter the fist with a very special guest that's never been on the show before. We've also got um, uh, Action USA. Action USA. Can't, from 1989. Can't forget Action USA. Next week, I think, is my cousin, Venny. Uh, we've got the Patreon poll winner for patrons. And we've got uh, Legend. The, the old Tom Cruise one. You know what starts next Monday, Kit? Our Star coverage Wars. of Star Wars. Right. So the- we're starting off with Star Wars A New Hope next Monday with uh, Phil. Phil will be joining us on the Star Wars coverage. We're doing a full 11 movie marathon. We're not including the fake movie, the Clone Wars three episodes. We might do yeah. for patrons only the holiday special. We talked about that. But we're at least doing the, yeah. the 11 big movies, right? Yep. Uh, and that'll, along with the rest of the patron movies, will carry us up to our Fallout coverage that starts in April. And we're also going to South by Southwest soon. That's going to be a hoot and holler. So look forward to that. I'll keep reminding you guys of all of these things every episode. Thank you for listening. We love you so much. That's all the time we have for right now. We've got to go return some videotapes in reverse. We, we just have to rewind them. Uh, my name is Kit. And I'm Steve. And this was streaming things happy streaming